Hi, my name is Pete. This is Social Distance, sir. Thank you ever so much for listening. Now, we have got to talk Trump because he's been impeached. First person in history to get two. Let's go, then he's got two. And he's lost everything. He's lost the House, he's lost the Senate, he's lost the presidency, and he's been impeached twice, all in four years. But his fucking psycho followers are going to try to cause trouble in a couple of days' time, as I'm recording this on Friday. So on Sunday, there's a lot of, well, the FBI have told all of the states, beware, because your state capitals might be under attack on Sunday. And also, uh, Washington, D.C. is on lockdown, basically. A massive security presence now. Like, I mean, talk about the fucking horse bolting. But anyway, you know, massive security presence. Lots of um, everyone there sleeping on the floor in their combat gear. That fucking doesn't work, does it? You should be dressed as marble. And then we wouldn't see you on your marble floor. Your dress is like leafy camouflage. And you don't look like... There's no fucking leaves on the Senate floor. Anyway, they're all having a lively kip there. Uh, Hopefully they'll get up and get their guns in their arms and shoot a couple of fascists in the face because the big day on Wednesday, it looks like there might be some trouble brewing there as well. I can't quite work out why they don't just put it inside. Like, is it that important that fucking Joe Biden is outside? Just put it inside. It's obviously much, much safer if you're not outside. I don't quite know why Lady Gaga can't just sing inside, you know? So anyway, um, well, it's not looking good uh, in terms of the future of the United States. It looks like it was planned. I mean, more and more evidence is coming out to suggest that the uh, domestic terrorist incident or attack on the Senate on the 6th of uh, January was planned. There is uh, kind of testimony coming out saying that, um, you know, people that worked in the Senate, like senators and uh, representatives in the in the House of Representatives, um, they were uh, Congress people. They were um, showing showing around like groups of dudes who then turned up the next day there's this bullhorn lady have you seen that video of bullhorn lady um saying oh i know this place i was in here if you go down there then the next room has got a glass panel in it you you know kick in the glass panel and you go through the other room like she's given these detailed instructions to 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 the guys that are in the building and she's outside yelling through a fucking bullhorn um to, to where to go you know Senator Claiborne, uh, Jim Claiborne, he said that his private office, that nobody knows where it is, like even people that he has meetings with, like can never find this fucking office of his, like they knew where his office was, yep. So it's really, it looks like the evidence is there. There's loads of evidence coming uh, like from footage and people like, you know, kind of talking about it. And also lots and lots of social media stuff. Parlours was shut down and people have been archiving the far-right um, communications on Parler. And it was basically, it was planned, right? It was planned, it was financed and it was organised and there was a hierarchy there 
and people knew who they were after. And it looks like, you know, we've seen videos, incredibly disturbing videos, you know, massive groups of people shouting, hang Mike Pence, people going after Nancy Pelosi, like shouting, Nancy, where are you? And people like knowing, like, you know, the layout of, of, these, of these buildings. So it could have been a hell of a lot worse. It's terrifying, absolutely terrifying. And hopefully the FBI will leave no stone unturned. Now, you have to think that it isn't just a bunch of, um, you know, like out, outsider types. There is a problem, and I was talking about this in the police, there's a problem with the military, and not just in the US, obviously, in Britain as well. Fucking British military, fucking hell. But there's a problem in the, in the US with, um, this is a documented thing, right? Um, ex- fascists, like right-wing extremists, racists, join the military because they want to get military training, okay? But also, people join the military from their fucking, wherever they come from, they, for whatever fucking reason, they join the military and they're um, radicalized in the military. They start, you know, taking on the fucking racist bullshit because there's so many fucking racists in the US military. It's unbelievable. So it works in a way of um, radicalizing, like, you know, naive idiots into becoming racist, but also racists deliberately go into the military to get that military training. So then when they come out, they can, you know, do all the fucking shit that, you know, psychopath, racist, armed militia people do. Like, for instance, go after the um, the governor of uh, Michigan. And Michigan is on high alert. Minnesota's on high alert on Sunday. Um, so it's really, like, it's not good. I really, really hope that they get to the bottom of this. And I'm massively cynical towards that because there is a you know talk about fucking um institutional racism do you know what i mean like uh systematic racism you can't get a more systematically racist institution than the u.s military you know well there's probably other militaries around the world that are uh vying for that and uh the uk would be up there absolutely as well so who knows whether we're going to get to the bottom of it the chief of um uh, the military himself, the Joint Chiefs, had to put out a statement saying, oh, just to remind everyone that works for me, everyone in the US military, just to remind us that we're not supposed to be attacking the citizens of the of the United States. Like, <laughs> you know, you've got a problem and you have to fucking do that. Jesus Christ. So there are, I imagine, and whether we'll ever find this out or not, is, it's, is to do with the um, the aptitude and the honesty and the kind of unshakability and essentially the kind of, you know, uh, whether they can be corrupted or not, uh, of the uh, investigators. And there's a big fucking question mark over that, yeah? But I imagine what's happening is that there are deep links between, um, you know, people in the military who think, oh, fucking, we love fucking Trump. Absolutely. Let's give a bit of money to these, you know, fucking nutsoids that my mate who was serving with me 
up until a couple of years ago is running these fucking crazy militias let's give a bit of money to them like it's very interesting just from what we know now where did the money come from to bus all of the people into the uh into washington dc on january the 6th because buses came from all across the country that rally itself yeah the rally that trump spoke about that was funded yep the fucking save america rally or whatever it's called even though it said stop the steal on the banners that's funded and we know that the guy that, that organized that had said that uh, members of congress helped him and were planning that with him yep so there's lots and lots that we know about that needs a lot of uh, looking into and i imagine that under the belly of all of that there are these connections that we probably won't ever find out about whereby there are you know serving Uh, military people serving police who had some aspect in uh, organizing this and you know kind of letting it happen yeah we know that people in the police have been uh, suspended i think one police officer has been arrested so hopefully they'll get to the bottom of this um, but i think that there'll be a lot of pressure for them to you know look the other way now talking about trump uh thank fuck a lot of that pressure won't come from that chump who had to do another hostage video after he was um uh impeached for the second time uh trump said oh yeah like what mean violence i fucking hate violence me i fucking hate it yeah i just want everyone to love each other yeah absolutely and of course what he's trying to do is trying to convince mitch mcconnell not to vote for his impeachment because if Mitch votes when it goes to the Senate and this isn't going to happen in the Senate until Biden is uh, inaugurated <laughs> on Wednesday yeah but after Wednesday it looks like they they are going to you know basically try um Trump Trump will go on trial in the Senate and there'll be legal arguments for and against the uh article of impeachment which is that he incited an insurrection now we can imagine that it's an open and shut case yeah but the problem with um this is that the people that are voting or if you like deciding whether he's guilty or not are the are the republicans okay and the leader of the house at the moment will be the minority leader in soon when um schumer takes over but the leader of the house at the moment um Mitch McConnell if he goes with the idea that uh he's guilty Trump's guilty then he'll carry enough people with him for Trump to be found guilty now why does that matter because he's not going to be president anyway you know if they if it's just starting when um Biden you know is president well it matters because uh it means that he can never run again okay Now the DC um attorney general is uh speaking to Trump Jr about misappropriating funds for for uh, Trump's inauguration four years ago they like thought okay great perfect gravy time we're on to the grift yep let's take all that fucking money and give it to our mates because that's what we do and the DC attorney general speaking to um on Trump Jr about that and the uh, New York Attorney General is looking at uh, lots a whole bunch of issues around uh, 
uh, Donald Trump's kind of illegal activity. Yeah. Now, the thing about those cases is they're state cases. Okay, they're not federal cases. So nobody can be pardoned for this. There's this idea, you know, probably, maybe, I don't know when you're going to hear this, but there's a good chance that when you hear this, it'll be around the same time that Trump puts out a list of people that he wants pardoned. It's going to be a long list. Every fucker, you know, is going to be on that list, you know. Um, but he, and they're even thinking that he might put himself on the list, which is a slightly insane idea, but I wouldn't put it past him. But that doesn't matter because that's only for federal um, crimes. And I'm sure there are many federal crimes that they have committed, yeah? But in terms of the legal uh, pursuits against him, these are state uh, legal pursuits, and you can't pardon your way out of that. So Trump realizes that the only way of getting the griff going again is to promise, or at least kind of let it linger in the air, that he might run again in 2024, yeah? That's the perfect grip. That's the long con. The long con, that's what he wants. He wants the long con, yeah? But he probably won't get... Well, maybe he will get that. Who knows what's going to happen with the with the, um, with the the uh, impeachment trial. But even if he gets off the impeachment trial and is found not guilty um, and can run again... I'm really not sure if he will run again. I really hope that Twitter don't give him back his account. And I know that the guy that runs Twitter, Jack Dorsey, is like, for some reason, like, feeling the pressure of these assholes who say, well, hold on, I'm fucking the Ayatollah can tweet, and why not me? Well, there are rules, like, you know, why not me? Why not Trump? There are rules that Twitter have. If the Ayatollah tweets something then Twitter will fucking come down on the Ayatollah. You know what I mean? Just because he's the fucking Ayatollah doesn't mean that he can't have a Twitter account. Like, you know, so, but if, but if you start to incite violence, no matter who you are, you're going to be chucked off like it's obvious, you know? Um, but Jack Dorsey, you never fucking know. You might say, well, okay, let's give him back his Twitter account because he's Donald Trump. And he's good for business, you know? Who knows what this guy's thinking? But if you don't have the possibility of Trump running again in four years' time, then it takes the long con off of Trump. It takes his ability to grift, as well as he's doing, off of Trump. And it looks like, financially, he's... Like, we basically know that he's fucked. Deutsche Bank, who's... He's got lots of personal loans uh, out with Deutsche Bank... It looks like Deutsche Bank are getting tasty for their money. And soon after he loses the presidency and loses all of the shielding that the presidency gives him, Deutsche Bank are going to come hunting. So it looks like things could be pretty bad for Donald Trump. And that means it's pretty good for the rest of us. So in the United Kingdom, things are looking like in certain parts of the UK, certain regions and countries, uh, things are looking like they might be turning a corner in terms of the daily cases. In some parts of the UK, uh, there hasn't really been that much of a turning of the corner, maybe a tiny bit of a plateau. But we need to get it down, obviously. People are now saying that the R is below one 
which is crucial. Um, but there's lots and lots of criticism uh, as to the uh, lockdown, you know, procedures not being as tight as they were in March. So, you know, there's many people that are uh, being classed as essential workers. There are lots of people that aren't doing the furlough scheme, even though it still exists. Uh, lots of employee employers are just not uh, kind of going into the furlough scheme. And so there's a kind of, you know, it's not as tight as it could be. And in some places, including the Southwest, it's not dropping as fast as it needs to. Uh, having said that, you know, hopefully, you know, after another week, especially if they tighten things up, then it will start dropping. Deaths are, you know, never been higher. And a couple of days ago, it was front page news that we had breached 100,000 deaths in the UK, which is, you know, I mean, disgusting, absolutely disgusting and absolutely avoidable. And it all comes down to right at the very beginning, this decision that the government made, which was confirmed this week. Um, so there's a, a professor that I follow on Twitter called Devi Sidra, and she writes, uh, biggest mistake UK make, made and continues to make is seeing COVID-like flu that will become seasonal and come back each winter rather than like SARS to push to eliminate. Aside from lives and NHS strain, economy and children are paying an, an unacceptably high cost for this approach. So it all comes down to this um, unwillingness to eliminate COVID-19. Yep, it's a political decision and probably, you know, well, who, who knows? Because it doesn't, economically, it doesn't make sense. We know this. I mean, there's so much evidence, so much data that economically it does not make sense to just go like, you know, lockdown, then open things up, lockdown, then open things up. That stupid fucking eat me out and eat me out free uh, plan, eat me out for a fiver plan that they had uh, during the summer. I mean, that was unbelievable they did that, you know? When you look back at the figures now, I mean, I was saying it at the fucking time, you know? It was so small compared to where it was in April, May, June, you know, July. August was so small. And then, of course, schools open in September and then we get to where we are now. Yeah. Uh, doesn't help, by the way. There's probably a they were talking on the independent stage that it might look like it looks like, well, uh, deaths are happening in care homes again. Massive amounts of deaths are happening in care homes and it could be because of the relaxation at Christmas. All of the multi-generational mixing that happened over Christmas, it could be now that we're seeing the deaths in the care homes because of that. So that's nice, isn't it? Well done, man. There you go, you've had a your fucking two bits worth of life, so, you know, off your fuck, man. Off your fuck to your death. Uh, so, but it, it all comes down to this thing of, you know, is it herd immunity? Well, it fucking smells like it. Do you know what I mean? It really smells like the... Uh, maybe it's just incompetence. You know, utter, total incompetence. But Anthony Costello, speaking on the Independent Sage briefing on Friday, he thinks otherwise. He thinks it is uh, the policy. And here he is. 
WHO made it very clear almost a year ago that to suppress this virus, you, you have to find cases. And you can do that by clinical means, or you can test, or, or do both. And it was a key success criterion last January and February when the Asian states suppressed it. Now, our government does not believe in this. Um, the select committee last week, a woman from Public Health England said that the policy was focused immunization of old people and let young people then go get it because it isn't very serious. That was the quote. And the Great Barrington Declaration people tweeted this and said, yeah, we agree with this. It's very good. And I think that has been our government policy. I, they say it's not about herd immunity, but last March, the chief scientific advisor and medical officer said, uh, we can't suppress it. We need people to get it. We'll be, build herd immunity. And I've heard nothing since that persuades me they have changed that, that view. Um, indeed, Stage backed this up last March by unanimously agreeing. They said, well, China will inevitably get a second surge, even if they've temporarily suppressed it. Well, China last week did have a new outbreak. Okay, they're running at three per million deaths. Some of the other Asian states are less than that. The UK is running at nearly 1,300 per million deaths. And what did China do when they had an outbreak? They had 100 cases in a day. We're at 40,000 plus, as Christina has shown. And what did China do? They've locked down 23 million people. They've done mass testing, intense contact tracing, isolation and travel bans, and they'll crush it. We had the wrong strategy. We still do. Failure to suppress this virus is causing cases, deaths, hospital admissions, economic disaster, mutations, variants, more debt, more recession, fewer jobs. We're, we've got the wrong strategy. And for a while now, we've known that we have to just take care of ourselves. Yep. Hopefully we're in a position where we could do that yeah, as best we can. Um, great news that um, a friend of the podcast, Joanna, from Scotland has got her vaccine because she's working in healthcare. So that's, you know, she's on the front line, basically. <laughs> um, so that's good that she's got the vaccine. Thank fuck for that, eh? Uh, so the vaccine is coming. 37% of people over 80 have been um, vaccinated in the Southwest. It's around about 35% nationally, uh, I think. Maybe a bit higher than that, actually. Maybe around 40% of people over 80. So, you know, that's not nothing. It's up to um, to 3 million now, 3 million people in the UK. So that's good. And it's going up every day. Um, so, you know, that's not nothing. Uh, but of course, we can't rely on the vaccine. Even when we've got the vaccine, we can't rely on the vaccine until much, 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 much later when so many other people have been vaccinated and when there's so little... Uh, infection in the community you know nothing like now it's fucking 40,000 cases a day even though those cases are coming down now thank fuck uh, but it is regional that you know and it's not only regional it's absolutely local as local as you fucking like stay away from people yeah don't let any bastard breathe on you if you don't know that bastard 
And even then, it's probably not a good idea to let any bastard breathe on ya. <laughs> so, I think I should do the adverts. Not that fucking witty. Let me just shout, don't let any bastard breathe on ya. But it's very serious, though, because there's lots of people dying. So let's just seriously think, you know, all of the good stuff that we know, wash your hands and or everything, like we really need to emphasize that as much as possible. And if you're one of these countries where you're thinking, oh, I'm not going to take the vaccine, because I saw a poll out today um, said that 80% of people in the UK are, are going to take the vaccine. But France is like fucking ridiculous, like under 50% or something. I can't remember. But France was right at the bottom. So if you're in France, take the fucking vaccine, for Christ's sake, and everywhere, including the United States, although there's massive amounts of vaccine produced. And it's all just sitting in fridges, apparently. But anyway, my advice is to take the vaccine. Malcolm Normal emails to say, Hi, I'm missing my 3am daily distancing fix, but I expect you're not. Congratulations on your weekly editions. It's been a while since I last messaged the show. It's raining really hard now and the deluge seems no sign of letting up anytime soon. Walking between the raindrops has gone from ping-ponging across the road with an umbrella to a mad dash under a soggy jumper. And my outcome asks, I love Basingstoke, but I've been thinking more and more about emigrating. Where would you recommend? Stay safe, social distances, Malcolm N. Well, Malcolm, the obvious place is New Zealand. Wouldn't it be wonderful to live in New Zealand? If you're in New Zealand now, listen to this. Please bear um, the rest of us poor sods in mind. (laughs) You know, drinking your cider and chasing your sheep and, you know, dressing up as elves. Oh, New Zealand is the place for me. Episode 206. Hope you enjoyed it. Take care of yourselves. Uh, After the music here, we're going into a spoiler-heavy review of Lost Season 2. Very good season, Season 2. And Lost um, Inspired Animal for today's sacrifice. We're going to think of the polar bear. Yeah. Have we done the polar bear before? Well, even if we have thought of a polar bear once in our bloody lives, let's think of the polar bear again. One, two, three. Walk between the raindrops. Please take care of yourselves. It's going fucking mad everywhere. So please take care. Next episode is next Friday. Have a lovely weekend if it is the weekend. See you later.
Okay, so let's talk Lost Season 2. A couple of things uh, uh, following on from Season 1. Number one, the hatch. Who was down in the hatch? It was Desmond, the Scotsman. Yeah. And he says, see you later, brother. And he says to them, to uh, John and, and Jack, who come down the hatch, he says, watch this video. you never bloody believe it. But it's not a video. It's film, like through a projector. You know, celluloid through a projector. And it's this dude saying, you've got to press the button every 108 minutes. And if you press the button, then the world won't end. But if you don't press the button, the world will end. The world will end. And there's like, what the fuck is going on? There's this computer in a little room and you have to enter the numbers and then press the button marked execute. And if you do that every 108 minutes, then the world will be okay. If you don't do that, then according to the guy in the film, this electromagnetic charge will build up to such a point where the world will end. <laughs> and so Locke is right into this, but Jack is a bit suspicious, well, very suspicious. But nevertheless, Locke sets up a rotor of people to press the button just in case. And of course, the numbers that you have to enter are the numbers that, where, um, that got uh, Hurley uh, what is that? $158 million. He won the lottery with those numbers. Yeah. So, but Desmond, the Scotsman, he's off. He realizes that he's been doing it for three years on his own, like every fucking 108 minutes, no matter what, like waking up and all the rest of it. And the middle of the night. So he realizes that he can scarper. Um, so now we've also got uh, Michael and Sawyer and Jin. Sawyer got shot on the on the uh, the the um, craft, you know, the seaborne craft. What's it called? The raft. Yeah, that's it. The raft craft. And uh, he got shot. He's not in much nick. They managed to get back onto the island, and they're basically kidnapped, essentially, by these group that Jin originally thinks is the others, but it's not the others. It's the tail end survivors. And there used to be a big group of them, but the others have kidnapped most of them and killed a lot of them. And they're really spooked. And they're led by this woman called Anna Lucia. And Anna Lucia is like, takes no shit off nobody, as um, Deacon Blue would say. And uh, she's really like trigger happy and fucking spooked, man. And Mr. Echo is there. Mr. Echo is played by a, a, a British actor of Nigerian heritage who is known um, to his fans as Triple A. He's a really good actor. His name is Adewale Akinoyo Ajbaje. That's his name. Um, and he's really good at Mr. Echo. He's a really fantastic, very interesting character. One of my favorites. Doesn't say much. Uh, and he's great. And um, a couple of other people as well. Libby. And so all of these people with Michael and Sawyer, who's getting worse with his arm because he got shot on the on the uh, on the raft. Uh, they all go over back to the kind of original group of people. And what's the name? Fucking Anna Lucia just murders one of them like by accident. Uh, Shannon kills Shannon. Spoiler alert. And Saeed, who's been sleeping with Shannon, is really fucked off with this. Right. But anyway, they get back. And uh, Michael's like immediately like, oh, no, I'm going. I'm going to find uh, my son, Walt. You know, Walt, the boy that was kidnapped by the people on the boat that came up to the raft. 
So he fucks off, to fight, tries to find Walt. Everyone's saying, oh, don't go on your own, don't go on your own. But he does, yeah, he does. And then, uh, basically what happens is, Jack and uh, a couple of other people go after him. And oh, yes, Jack, Locke and Sawyer go after him. But they are stopped in their tracks by the guy that was on the boat. One of the others, this guy with this big beard. And he says, don't ever cross this line again. If you cross this line again, we'll start killing you. Right? Forget about Michael. Michael's gone. We'll start killing you. And then a couple of, like, you know, some shit happens. Um, Sawyer, uh, not, not Sawyer, Hurley falls in love with Libby. And loads of other things happen. And then they realize, no, listen, we've got to get back. Oh, what happens? Of course. What the fuck? Um, they find somebody just in the middle of nowhere. It's a Rousseau, the Scottish, uh, the uh, French woman. Um, she's set traps all around the island. And one of these traps was uh, caught this guy, this kind of, kind of meek looking, geeky looking dude called Henry Gale. And Sawyer, uh, Said, immediately thinks, well, Rousseau basically says, don't trust him, he's one of them, he's one of the others. He'll say that he won't, but he is. He, I know that he is, so don't trust him. And Sawyer's like, right, okay, he's one of the others. Sawyer goes to work, does his little torture routine on this guy, Henry Gale, and a couple of people are not too sure whether he is uh, another or not but the kind of overwhelming sense is that you can't trust this bloke who just you know kind of happens to come out of nowhere do you know what I mean I mean it does stink a little bit you know what I mean like you know keep your guard up pals uh, but they do realize oh look what we can do is we can do a trade we can go to the field where they said don't cross the line and we can you know offer this fucker instead so they go up there um, I don't know why they go up there. They go up there for some reason without the dude, though. But anyway, they go up there, and guess what happens? Who comes along? Michael. Michael stumbles along, and he goes back into the hatch with them all, where they're keeping this bloke under lock and key, this guy Henry Gale. And in a wonderful twist that I won't give you the details of, because it is really brilliant television, Something happens. Ooh, no, no spoiler here, no. Something happens, and essentially, we find towards the end of the episode, uh, the end of the season, uh, lots of bloodshed. <laughs> A few people are, are killed, uh, key people. I'm not going to tell you who it is. And we see that Sawyer, um, Kate, and Jack have been taken by the others. Also, uh, we've got our friend Dr. Echo, uh, Mr. Echo and John Locke. They are squabbling in the hatch because John is convinced now that the numbers are all load of old bollocks. The hatch does nothing. It's just a waste of time. Mr. Echo's now like really into doing the numbers. Um, and John prevents him from putting the numbers in the machine. And then all hell breaks loose because the hatch is real. This electromagnetic um, energy builds up and the hatch basically implodes and all of the sky goes purple and everything goes bright and the, the whole island starts shaking. So it's this massive uh, event, like this massive kind of 
you know, explosion or implosion. So there we go. So there's season two of Lost. There's some things that I really, really like about this season, mainly Dr. Echo. I think he's such a fantastic character, really interesting uh, guy. He's basically his uh, brother was a Roman Catholic priest and he was a drug smuggler. But right at the very last minute, when he's when he was just about to fly a plane out of uh, Nigeria full of um, coca- uh, heroin, his brother, the priest, uh, kind of like basically swapped places with him and chucked him the old, um, you know, dog collar and said, you pretend to be the priest. This is the only way out of this life is if we swap places and you pretend to be the priest. And he became a priest because he wore the, you know, old clothes. You know, it's probably more than that. But, <laughs> um, and that plane, uh, you find that plane on the island as well. So yeah, it's all starting to come together. So there's some really good things. Other, I'm not entirely sure about the use of the um, tailies uh, because the, you know, the people from the tail section, most of them weren't really used, uh, you know, kind of exploited as much as possible in terms of, you know, the kind of opportunities of their characters. Uh, but some really interesting bits. Henry Gale is very good. I think the guy's name is Michael Emerson. He's a very good actor. And what happens to him later on is very interesting. But you'll have to wait for season three to hear that.